Welcome to the Hunt Back Country podcast in part four of Elk Week for 2021. As we have been in the series, this episode is all about elk hunting, and it's myself and Steve, along with Cody and Trent from Born and Raised Outdoors. And the topic today is how to use thermals, cover country, and make the most use of limited time. So we get a lot of questions about timing, time of day with elk hunting, time of day with calling, how to structure your day, where you should be positioned at certain periods of the day, and ultimately how to use time most effectively while you're elk hunting. And so we dive into those topics and questions on this episode today. This will be the last of our kind of subject-specific episodes before we wrap up this series in the next episode, part five, which is going to be a rapid-fire Q&A. So be sure you tune back in for that in the next episode to conclude this series. Although the podcast is wrapping up, there's still more to come with Elk Week. Born and Raised will be launching a video of this content with some supplemental resources on their YouTube channel, as well as some products giveaways for an ExoMount Gear Pack, Born and Raised Outdoors game bags, and much more. So once again, that is going to launch on August 16th. So the following Monday, as this podcast series is released, if you want to get notified about that, go subscribe to the Born and Raised YouTube channel, or so go sign up to become an EXO Insider, so we can let you know when this additional content and the giveaways launch. If you're hearing this after the fact, obviously it's already happened, and sorry that you missed it, but hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's go dive in and talk about how to make the best use of your time when you're elk hunting. All right, so this final section, guys, we're calling it how to use thermals, cover country, and make the most use of limited time. So we've touched on a lot of this, honestly, already, but to, yeah. to bring this all together as we start talking about really using time in the field, uh, plenty of places we could go. One of them, to start with a listener question, basically had to do with timing, and specifically for you guys as you're bugling, how does that change? How do you account for thermals, right? So do you, you know, structure your day basically based on thermal patterns and calling locations or is it not quite that intentional uh i i think a lot of it depends on we've had certain places right like we've we've mentioned on a lot of our videos these colorado winds remember where it's just like you were there it was just it would be going perfect and then it would the wind would change so much and a lot of that has to do with topography i think and like if you have a mountain range right and you're on the side of it obviously and you're skirting it or however you're hunting it's going to have dips and valleys and it's if it's not like a distinct ridge to where it's just like the thermals as the sun comes up pulls the thermals up or down you might deal with some variance of wind and um but when we get up honestly in the morning cody mentioned this earlier we've honestly killed i don't know how many but very very few bulls like right off the bat in the morning when it's quote unquote prime time so we do a thing that you've probably heard on our videos a number of times called slow playing a lot of times where we're going to try to, I mean, we're going to try to get on them and we're going to try to call them and, and do what we can in the morning. But a lot of times it's going to be that following them, following them. And, and, and Spec, you mentioned this earlier, how we just, we just, it's not, he's, he's going somewhere. He's not necessarily going away from us, which he is, but he's going somewhere. And if we can keep him vocal enough to get him in the right place and and so from that 11 o'clock till three o'clock they're gonna go bed down somewhere and that's usually the lead cow that's taking them someplace 
and using the thermals all the way. So we're going to be chasing them and that's where we come into the category of kind of a slow play. And that has to do everything with thermals, usually. They get in there, usually those thermals are gonna change somewhere around from that nine to 11 o'clock, depending on what the sun's doing and how high it's getting and how hot it is and all these different tiny little variables. But So we're gonna get close to that bedroom and if we can lock that bull down to where he's not moving anymore, to where he is, he's just stagnant and you can tell the herd is probably starting to bed down certain ones, then that's when we honestly, stop and we'll be like okay what's the best situation what's the best outcome that can happen here what's the wind doing here or then we'll maybe we'll hike 150 yards and say okay what's the wind doing over here take some readings and figure out okay what's the best scenario of getting in to his bedroom and call him calling him out of the herd because when he, when he knows his cows are bedded down when he knows his harem if you will you're welcome it's is safe he's going to actually be freed up a little bit of time in order to go check something else out. If his cows and stuff are on the move, there's a lot of times he will just stay right with them, especially a Rocky Mountain bull. Roosevelt's, we've had better luck calling them back and actually calling them away from the herd in the mid-morning or mid-evening. But usually Rocky Mountains, they're so vocal that they have no problem spouting off and saying, I'm over here and we're over here and I know you're over here. And so there could be satellites or whatever as well. And so it seems like in the Rocky community, it's like they want to know where each other is without actually approaching each other all the time. They just kind of, I'm here. Okay, I know you're over there and they'll still keep doing their thing and keep spouting off. And But it's that whole bedded down thing when the thermals are actually changing when they're stable when they're their most stable is going to be if the sun comes up middle of the day thermals are headed up and then you plan your assault right? yeah yeah and i mean like your question on the intentful side of it like not necessarily planning our day around what the wind's going to be doing it's i would say terrain's going to dictate <clears throat> dictate what what the day looks like and then it's being efficient with your boots and bugle based on where you know what that is. So you try to cover as much ground possible with the least amount of physical effort per se. So you're not burning excess energy or time um, to cover that country. So you know the you know it's nice to hunt in the morning under your your hunt your way up as the wind's coming down, but it's not like I, I'd be totally lying on you. I would prefer to camp up higher. So you can hear, even though if you hear one down below you, like they're not going to win you from 500 yards. So you can make a move based on what after, yeah. you know, that is. So I really like, you know, camping just off a ridgetop, not on the ridgetop. So you're not like in the wind all night long or anything like that, but where you can hear. So I think you're set, you know, as far as eff efficiently as like setting yourself up for success in the morning, like. Instead of being down on the creek bottom, it's going to be colder, it's going to be louder, you can't hear throughout the night. Okay, let's bump up to this bench that's mid-ridge or three-quarters of the way up that ridge. We can hear all this country or, you know, it kind of benches out on that finger. Let's go off to that point. We're out of the wind, but you can hear vast country. So set yourself for success in the morning. Um, as the day goes on, um, I, like I said, I'm not afraid to hike with the wind at our back. It's not like the end of the deal as long as you can get your bugle out um, out in front of that and you can make adjustments. So it's not like, oh man, our plan was to go here. Well, the wind's right at our back. Well, let's go somewhere else where it's not 
you know, either physically it's going to take a lot of effort, you, you know, and it's, you're kind of going against, you've already hunted that ground or, you know, whatever else. Like, don't be scared just because the wind's at your back, like, that this is a bad deal. So you feel like your bugle can carry further than your wind, essentially? 100%. And yep. then your... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes and no, or your wind's going to be so broke up by the time it gets to it, it may not bust them out and you can mm. actually hear them before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you said 500 yards, but, like, is there a distance you feel like is... Yeah, um, just 150 on. yards, like they'll win you. Okay. You know, I mean, but, and it all depends. Like, is it open country? You know, I mean, chances are too, the wind might be right at your back here, but then there's a creek drainage right here and the elk are on the other side. Mm-hmm. Like that wind's not making it over to that other face like that. It's, it's, gonna hit, it's Yeah, exactly. It's going to hit that and drop down. So like what the wind's doing here, right here doesn't, necessarily always matter it's not it's not like that's the infinite vector wind vector that it's going to um unless you're in like high winds scenario and you know the wind's blowing out or whatever um but yeah so set yourself up for success just as far as here either eyesight or sound you know if you're in open country like you're going to start the morning up high glass where you can glass if that's what you know the game plan or use your bugle to to locate from there and then make plans according. And then by the end of the day, like later in the afternoon, like, hey, we haven't turned anything up. Okay, by dark, where do we want to be? And kind of, you know, pull out Onyx, look at the map. Okay, now if we get tucked up in here, you know, we should be out of the wind. We could hear pretty good. You know, we haven't been in that side of the basin. We haven't been over that side of the ridge. Maybe, you know, it's the last hour. And we've definitely done this, like last hour before dark. Let's climb get up on that ridge we can hear off the backside we haven't hunted that today you know mm-hmm. and so setting yourself up i think for one the effective efficiency you know boot steps minimize those elevation gain like play and sometimes you just have to like go the destination and you're going to do those things and climb the elevation you need to but try to be efficient in those movements yeah so just extrapolate on a scenario and I think it's hinted at in this question. This guy is basically has concerns about being up top and bugling in the morning because thermals are falling, right? And as you said, like if he's in the bottom and it's at that safe distance, you're not and worried about it. Chances are that that bull's going to work his way out of the bottom, anyways. He's not betting in yeah. that zone. So that's my question. If you're if you are up top or three quarters way up or whatever, you get a bull in the morning responding to a bugle. What, right? Because now you can't. I mean, you can't bomb straight at him. Um, that's where you use the topography like you'll take this ridge over here keep a keep an ear shot on him but maybe not just run straight down at him maybe you know see what he's going to do see where he's moving and with your bugles just keep kind of testing him and seeing what he's doing at the time and then kind of be variant from there yeah but it's usually you usually very rarely have this mountaintop and this bottom and the bull just going off down there. It's yeah. usually midway up or somewhere in between or, or something of that nature, usually. Yeah. It's not just, you know, because that's depending on how long the distance is between there. It's it's hard to hear them from a long, long ways away. It's mm-hmm. people, a lot of times, those elk are closer than you actually think that they are when yeah. you're bugling. And that's a, I think that's a lot of people just say, oh, he's way down there. Let's just bomb. Let's kind of be careful with that because... Any bugle that you let off, even if you've been bugling at him for an hour, he might have that one reaction to be like, I'm pissed, I'm done, and mm-hmm. come right at you. And he's been, you know, kind of 
held up for a while and he and then pretty soon you're you're bumping into him so really make that play like smart strategic when you start to actually advance on where you're going to be and cody mentioned earlier if there's any way you can get on their level first so if you're up here and he's midway circle around we've done it a lot of times where we'll just hit the back side of the ridge, circle around. We'll use our maps to figure out, okay, this is the elevation we think he's on, and you're gonna have a way better chance of him coming and checking you out if you're on his level versus coming in from the top or even the bottom. Mm-hmm. And two, like, just as far as efficiencies, is like marking where you heard that bugle. Like, okay, he had to be on that finger. There's a bench, that's the probability, let's mark it. Mm. So then once you go and drop off and you're like, where was he at? Well, he, you know, trying to figure that out, like you have a reference point to try to figure that out. And then just on the efficiency level, especially of like, you know, you're on a week long trip, um, base camp backpack hunting versus bivy hunting. And I think that that's been one that we lean on the bivy hunting because the efficiency is you're not hiking from a camp. Like even if you backpack in there and like set up a camp in the bottom of the space and then you're gonna hunt this, unless there's like a lot of different country that you could maybe go up this drainage and this drainage and this drainage, I would discourage you from setting up a base camp. Like, you know, you can be pr- pretty light. Like I, the other day, like my camp's five pounds and then food, you know, you're a pound and a half a day to get the calories where you're needed. Like it's not that much extra weight that you're carrying around every step, but you're more efficient with those steps instead of, oh man, it's almost dark. And two, it also like hinders you from pushing the envelope maybe like later in the afternoon. Like Mm -hmm. I want to climb up to that top of this basin Dude, if we do that, then it's like three miles back down to where our tent's at and you're running low on daylight. Like, let's, you know, you're efficient in that. Like, yeah, let's pop up there. We'll see what we can get on. If we can't kill anything, we can go on this finger ridge. We'll be ready for the morning instead Mm of hiking those, you know, burner miles per se to get Mm -hmm. back and, you know, back to a camp. Yeah. One thing that's been huge because I've gone through that transition myself is just realizing how your shelter choice is important in that. And not only necessarily it being light or not, but I've literally been in places like in Colorado, for example, where it's just hard to find a good spot to throw up a tent, right? Mm -hmm. And so with your shelter having a lower profile footprint, you kind of squeeze it into anywhere. You just don't have to be as particular about where you set camp. And you realize as you're covering country and camp is where you make it, like that's important. Yeah. 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 It added definitely the downfalls when you are hunting in a big group or you know, Destin meeting up and then trying to find a spot for five or six yeah, dudes. Right, like, yeah. We've definitely had that struggle, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, less than ideal of sliding all night long down the hill and <laughs> shutting yourself back up. But, uh, you know, being in an elk bed's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. No. yeah. Let's flip the idea of being efficient and talk about the opposite of that. What What is out there that you feel like people either waste time, waste energy, et cetera? Like, how do guys not make the most use of their time that they have hunting with steve speck would be the start okay (laughs) just gotta go see what's on the next side of that mountain right there (laughs) what about these elk right here (laughs) yeah that might happen that might happen (laughs) no 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 um man flip side what mistakes as far as how do guys waste time right like what are they doing where they're not i think that they they may have e-scouted something and be like i want to get to that basin and then they you know don't hunt the country on the way in they don't even bugle on the way in like they Mm -hmm. just 
They have a destination. Put all their eggs in that basket. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they have a destination in their head that this is where, you know, the Mecca is going to be, and they pass up a lot of good country, I think. So, you know, I think that could be one for sure. Mm-hmm. They're, they're stone set on where they want to be versus, like, man, elk are wherever you find them. At times, they're not going to be in the prettiest places or the places that you want to hunt them, but that's where they're at at the time. So, um, you know, being effective and, and not um getting stuck like this is where i where i want to go or how i want to be yeah it goes back to the first topic of the night was like what am i doing wrong like you got to find the elk yeah Yeah. wasting time hunting country where they aren't you know absolutely and Mm -hmm. there's not plenty plenty of them and being willing to learn i mean being willing to admit i think that's a lot of it being willing to admit i was wrong i thought there'd be elk here and there is not you know rather than going well, I saw one pile that looked a little bit fresh. <laughs> right. Might as well stick this out yeah. for a couple of days. There, yeah, I think there's a distinction there just, uh, between seeing elk track and then elk living there, right? Like, yeah, I'd totally. imagine if you're new to it, like, oh, there, there's a fresh elk track, and then, oh, well, that bull is just satellite bull that just covered two miles, going from one elky spot to another elky spot. So, to me, you got to really like looking. For, I mean, there should be fresh sign everywhere of right? numbers, smell like. Yeah. And two is like the nose side of it's going to be the telltale. Mm-hmm. Like when you get in and there's been a herd of 10 or 15 or whatever bedded, it smells like a barnyard. I mean, yeah. there's like mm-hmm. very yeah. distinct. And if they're not living in there, you're not going to get that. You know, like yeah. I said, you'll see a single track that, you know, is in those cruising grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's where we'll just like when your senses start to tell you. Well, I mean, because as everybody knows here, we haul but you know we're just moving moving and moving bugling and bugling when we get to those okay we can smell elk we know we're closer we'll slow way down and just okay be a little more meticulous of okay let's just kind of take it easy through those spots you know mm-hmm. and um it seems to sometimes you'll catch something or an ear movement or whatever and then okay it's game on and i think that maybe uh, you know you go and say the thing with difference of elk hunting is like the scale of it all right like when a guy is whitetail hunted maybe it was on private maybe it was public but you're you're talking a mile is like unheard of you know it's everything's distance yards Mm -hmm. you know of like where the stand or where the bedding area is and so people go in that stealth mode sneak 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 well those elk may have been there yesterday and you think you might be on them but if like you don't cover the ground where they are today you, you wasted a whole day covering a half mile of ground, still hunting and waiting for something to develop, you know, and that's kind of our, plays into our hand where it's like, no, we're gonna go make something happen and we're gonna go cover that ground. And I would say more often than not, I mean, we'll definitely bump elk where we haven't heard them and didn't know they were there, but if we're doing our job effectively, like you'll hear a branch break, you know, or to react to a call. Maybe the bull didn't bugle, but you know, there's telltale signs that those elk, so moving fast isn't like you're gonna blow out the whole forest. And just if you bump them, as long as the wind was good at that point in time, it, it's still game on. Like mm-hmm. if they haven't smelled you, so cover the ground versus like go into stealthy ninja mode and sneak around and let, th- you know, I mean, it's just two different tactics really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. guys can of, kill them on ton of different things that come into play there like Colorado that one year we were there early we're there right at the start of season and we would bump a lot of bulls just by calling 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 okay nothing responded but there we just 
take off and then oh man there's a bull coming our direction but they're just not real vocal quite yet and mm -hmm. so it there's so many factors that go into it so many different things but like cody was saying we're looking for the one that wants to play so we may go through five of those that we bump on accident to get that one that wants to play our game right and that's where we're most effective yeah yeah, I mean, it goes back to what we were talking earlier, too, about using the whole day, even being patient in the morning, slow yeah. playing it till the mid-afternoon versus the guys, I think you mentioned one of the segments who maybe have the whitetail mindset of, like, everything's happening in the first few hours of the day or the last few hours, but with elk hunting, it's like, no, it's that midday. Um, so guys who are maybe new to that and have the mindset of, it's 2 p.m. and it's warm, right? Like, nothing's going to be moving right now, or I can't hunt elk right now, but just making the most of use of your time is literally hunting every hour of daylight you have. Absolutely. Yeah. So you want good breakfast and stuff like that, go back about 9, 9.30, get a good <laughs> breakfast in, bail that over to lunch because you're already home, right? You're already <laughs> back. So good lunch, maybe get a good evening hunt at like, you know, somewhere around 6.45. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I've seen definite people, you know, make comments, you know, it's after daylight, we're getting up and, you know, we're not, we're not getting up at 3.30 in the morning, especially backpack hunting, like, you're already there. You're you're not having to drive a half hour and then hike to get into the elk. Like the efficiency level of it, you're you're in the mix. And those daylight starts are great. A lot of times it's more of like where are they at, where are they headed. We use that to, you know, the fact of trying to kill them later on in the day. It's just <laughs> getting that location and yeah. movement where they're where they're at and where they're going so and it don't be totally different say you got a private property or something and that's the only block that you have to hunt you don't want to blow those elk out mm. you know wait till those certain times wait you know whatever it may be midday if they're bedding on wherever you have to hunt you know backcountry obviously we have the room to roam and do everything that we want but i guess there is probably people out there that you know really have to be strategic they blow the elk off their land from what i've you know talked to people before it's like uh, we don't have any elk to hunt anymore you mm -hmm. know so there's yeah. different scenarios, I think. Yeah. For guys who are intimidated by like backpack hunting or bivy hunting, like you were talking about, what would you say? Because some guys may think it sounds like a lot of work and, you know, carrying camp and all that, as you said, it's relatively light, but there's a huge time efficiency there because you are in play right when you wake up. Right. Right. So yep. the guys who maybe haven't done that yet or hunt from the truck and they're making these super early stars, getting back late at night, like in the end, you're losing a lot of time and sleep and energy and that yeah. stacks over days big time yeah i mean the base camp hunts are honestly generally harder in the sense you are hiking a, mm -hmm. sometimes more for sure in the day just like said to, to get into where you're starting to hunt um definitely shorter nights you know you're hunting till late get out you get back to camp you're gonna make dinner it's you know 11 o'clock by the time you're crawling in bed and alarm goes off at four like versus laying out the sleeping bag sitting there at dark you're asleep by nine nine thirty yeah and up at six you know i mean seven forty five as you're hunting throughout the day what What's your, your your strategy obviously changes right like in the morning you're looking for feeding areas and maybe you know, that transitions into bedding areas. Like, how are you being efficient with your time there? People, you know, hunting the wrong spots, being in the wrong spot at the wrong time, right? I, I mean, in how I envision that is like, you put yourself in between those zones. Yeah. You know, so, and, and typically, you know, they're feeding either in that open, prefer, you know, a meadow, 
you know, more open type terrain. Park gonna, scenario. Yeah, parks, like they're gonna rut in those, especially like moons up. Mm -hmm. Like those elk are gonna be rutting during the night in that type of terrain. And then it's like, okay, where are they gonna go bed? Okay, how do I intercept or be in that striking mm -hmm. zone in between? And a lot of times, like we're, we're, we haven't been in good position, we're climbing up the drainage and like they were in the bottom and they're headed up. And that's where like, they got four legs and lungs way bigger than yours like you're not going to keep up with elk moving through the mountains at, at elevation so you know trying to put yourself in a good position to mm -hmm. to make the attack but don't beat yourself up if like the elk ahead and it beats you you know just yeah. stay persistent on it mm -hmm. right and then maybe not yeah you're not hunting the meadows at midday right like no you're, right yeah. at midday you're like transitioning to okay we haven't gotten an elk all morning but let's look for benches or what's the water shade cover you prefer north slopes for sure yeah, yeah. i mean i would say generally speaking north are and timbered yeah heavily timbered like yeah. thicker timber yeah is what we're looking for all the time like e-scouting i think you can make it as easy or as hard as you want we're looking for just stuff that's away from the road with good timber with good parks with you know with open feed and mm -hmm. benching there hasn't been a lot of times that we've been like okay we never found elk at all yeah and two, I think, you know, you talk about efficiencies, like there is a point in time where archery hunting, steep, steep, rugged, like where it's very challenging to get in cover country, like you're setting yourself up to not fail, but like at an extreme disadvantage because like I said, the four legs, big lungs, like day in, day out, I mean, probably like where you guys rifle hunt Idaho, there's, it's probably not, wouldn't be the best case scenario for archery because you're a couple thousand, 3,000 feet, and they may be over on the other side. By the time you hear bull, bugle, or whatever, you cannot keep up with them. And there's mm -hmm. just some country that it's like, man, I can see the elk, but try to get them killed in here is gonna be a really difficulty. What other, op, you know, what other areas or opportunities are out there? And maybe just like cross that one off the list, like, you know. Mm -hmm. I definitely we've in the rut time elk like flat places a lot of times they've got a bed down they want to see their cows so they want to see what they have going on it's yeah Cody hit it on the head like rifle season is going to be in a total different place than they are in bow season mm. you know it's not like we you know go for a flat spot but like good benches good good hidey holes good ridge tops they'll bet on ridge tops so you know anywhere that they can go to kind of at least get flat spot to, to lay down and to see Mm -hmm. what they've got going on for girls and looking like micro terrain for sure yes i mean there's a pocket there's time that side of it it barely shows what a bench looks like on the map and then when you're there you're like man this thing's like 100 yards wide and 200 yards long and it barely was a blip on the radar you know mm -hmm. but using your experience and knowledge to kind of like see those types of features and see what's around or too like if you're at a spot and you can look i mean you can see some like how those trees bench out okay there is a bench down there mm -hmm. like mark that out mm -hmm. you know potential type areas look for rubs <laughs> yeah look for rubs. I, know, I know for me using onyx and the earthmate app is i changed the way i hunt yeah yeah i've been hunting with you guys that you're the phones are out like Constantly. you're almost teenage girls right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the phone is out more than you're hunting but it's such a freaking. I'm not using tool. my maps. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> he's an influencer. I'm updating so. my MySpace page. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's definitely a 
one of the number one tools used, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, it can and, save, and you've probably noticed that, it, it saves you so much sweat and exhaustion by just looking and going, I can go side hill to get over here rather than going, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know that's what, like, hunting with um, uh, Zach from Onyx. He is, and Dylan too, they are on that thing all the time figuring out what the best way to get here and there yeah. is. Yeah. Learned a lot from them about And the, the cool thing, like with the satellite imagery overlay, like mm-hmm. I always run it in hybrid mode and it's like I see the terrain, what it is, and then also like, man, dude, there is a meadow down in that bottom and it makes sense why they'd be up in this, you know, tucked little mm-hmm. bench on the head of this drainage. Mm. So. <laughs> Another yeah. random one, moon face. Go hunting. Go hunting. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many people that just like, what's that? We get that a question a lot too on our email and stuff. Well, do you guys hunt the moon phase and everything? It's just like, there's certain times, like I tell people, like, if I have to pick days of September, I'm going to go like 11th to 22nd, somewhere in there is what I would pick for dates. Mm-hmm. But the moon might be terrible in that time. If you get the time off work and you get a chance to go hunting, go. Yeah. The only thing I do is cater like if it's a full moon maybe i'll sleep in longer so that i have like energy to hunt more midday uh, right? like i absolutely like yeah. a lot of times on a full Sleeping moon uh, yeah. <laughs> on a full moon those <laughs> elk are going to be bedded down at daylight Lazy. like yeah. they bedded down at three in the morning and then they may not get up until eight and move around or nine and mm-hmm. move around and i would say midday I don't think necessarily a full moon is a bad thing. No, like I, I, yeah. I think some people are like, oh, full moon, stay away. And I, I don't. I yeah, don't that like my first, when I first started bow hunting, we were the very stereotypical hunt, do a morning hunt, do an evening hunt. And when it was a full moon, it was horrible hunting. You know, that's where like that kind of all started from. Yeah. And then figured out over time, like, well, no, the mornings suck, but midday is great. They get up at 9, 10 a.m. and start bugling and feeding. And Yeah. Um, so I, I pay attention to the extent that like I know like all right, I'll, maybe I'm not in a big hurry to get out of out of the tent at first light, but you know, sleep in a little bit longer, and then really focus in on where I want to be midday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good point. Yeah, very valid too on the theme, right? Like making the most use of limited time. Right. So many guys only have that one week of vacation they can get. Man. Yeah. So if yeah. you're planning that strictly around moon phase, you're not going to learn anything by staying in the camper or <laughs> yeah. on the couch. Let's talk about weather, like. You, you are on a one-week hunt and it snows. What changes for you guys? Like, have you noticed patterns in elk behavior? 100%. Yeah. And when it, it either snows or like big lightning storms, rainstorms, and um, Roosevelt's especially, like, we'll get our first rain somewhere in the mid-September, you know, we'll get that storm that moves in and it usually just shuts everything down for like at least half a day to a full day. We don't get, I mean, very rarely do we pipe a bull off in the middle of a, of a you know, or right after a big storm. It's like they kind of have to get used to, okay, a different weather change. And especially we've been hunting over like uh, Rockies and it snows for a day. And it's weird, you're you know seeing a ton of sign and everything and it's like it's snow. They're supposed to be elk here and you mm-hmm. just shuts them down. And then a day and a half later or so, there's gonna be tracks all over and they'll start to run again. And so it's, it's just been, I, I, that's what I, in our experiences. Yeah, I mean, and you think about the mentality of it, right? Like. They've been from May, June, pretty consistent weather. And then all of a sudden, like the first big storm hits and it's like, whoa, uh, fall. You know, I mm. mean, like they just kind of go through that recheck phase. Um, you know, we've had some good hunting before and after during a storm for us and especially filming is like, all right, 
tent day. You know, yeah. I mean, it, Hunker it, down. it's kind of one of those things like look out for safety, number one, you know, and two, if you're backpack hunting, like I want to try to stay dry as possible. Like once you get wet, gear gets wet, like things compound against you. So it's kind of that efficiency as much as it may suck to like be stuck in the tent till noon, rained all morning, um, you know, then you get up and, and go from there. But yeah. we... Colorado's one like you will get rainstorms not every like some years we've been there every single day two o'clock in the afternoon you're gonna get a thunderstorm rolling through um so weather you know and then it's just like hunker down be safe out of the lightning zones um wind is another one like especially hunting beetle kill blowdown areas finding cover out of the wind at night like when you do set up camp Give yourself a look around and yeah. see what's there. If you've got a snag hanging or it's like just sketch fill, like probably don't set a tent up right there. Mm-hmm. Um, We've heard trees fall numerous, numerous times, you know. Yeah. Because that's the first wind of the year. So all those trees that have been, you know, that's the first chance that they get throughout that whole summertime to actually get some serious stress on them. A lot of them go down. And, and on the flip side of that, like don't let sunny 80 degree weather deter you of like elk hunting Mm -hmm. and i think i would rather have the consistency of nice weather and sun and and warmth versus the opposite like you know it's i don't want rain i don't want snow i don't want these stormy conditions i want high pressure system consistent you know yeah exactly and then too it's like I know where they're going to be bedded. They're going to be in that little cool drainage pocket back here on the north slope, like mm-hmm. where you get colder weather for it. Like it'd be anywhere that midday scenario. Mm-hmm. So it, it to me, it helps. I, I would rather have that high pressure, you know, consistent, sunny, warm weather. Yeah. And too, like, especially Roosevelt country, like those hot summer days when it's 90 here in the valley and on the coast, like bulls are screaming that evening or in the morning, like it's a good thing. So I think especially like if you've, if you, you know, people experienced, grew up rifle hunting or something and they want the rain, they want the snow, they want this and they have that same mentality. Like don't let the warm weather discourage you. So yeah. Get in the woods. Get Get out there, yes. That's a wrap on this segment. Don't forget to tune back into the next episode to hear the rapid fire Q&A where we answer many of your elk hunting questions. Also hit those links in the show description for the Born and Raised Outdoors YouTube channel or to become an EXO Insider so we can notify you when the giveaway and other Elk Week content launches very soon. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in and supporting the show. If you're enjoying it, it would help us tremendously if you can share it with a friend or leave a rating or review in the podcast app where you can. We'll talk to you soon.